Hi there, my name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV series, The Walking Dead. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash talkingdead. Over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. Hey everybody, welcome to The Talking Dead. This is episode number 47. 47. 47, I know, for the 20th of June, 2011. Thanks for joining us. We are happy to be here. Jason, tell me about your life. What's going on? Holy cannolis. I can't believe it's the 20th of June already. I know. It's uh, the year's half over. Yeah, pretty much. Tomorrow's the first day of summer. Oh yeah. Is that called the, that's called the summer solstice, right? That's right. See, I know me some some uh english english no what's that called is that is that a weather astronomy term? astronomy it's well it's astrophysics really i i know me some astrophysics you see? do yeah. <laughs> astronomy i think okay we'll cover it astronomy all right what did you think climate no it's not a, climate no weather it's not the weather it's not no it's not it's weather. the sun where the sun is in relative position to the earth on its axis well see there you go i'm i i know astrophysics yeah. I'm smarter than i think yeah, I got, I've always meant to look up whether or not uh, the first day of summer, whether the sun is actually directly north of us or still south of us. Do you know? Uh, no, I have no idea. Yeah. My astrophysics knowledge ends right there. Yeah, that's see. it. Where is that Tropic of Capricorn or whatever it is? So can you tell me um, um, what time exactly tomorrow the solstice occurs? No. Because I believe it is a specific hour. I, I do believe you can stand. It's the only day in the year that you can stand an egg on its end. <laughs> really? No, not really. <laughs> Because <laughs> uh, you have to do it right at noon, but you know noon where? Noon, well, it's just like the rapture. Six p.m. Where? Yeah. Who knows? Uh, I tried to look it up quickly and I couldn't. Oh, I see. There's one for per, for each season: the summer solstice, yeah, the fall equinox, the winter solstice. Oh, they're both equinoxes. And damn it! <laughs> well, yeah, solstice is at the at the ends, and equinox is when it's equal equinox. Equal. All right, well, you learn something every day. The Otumwa Equinox. The Autumn Equinox. There's gaps in everybody's knowledge, and that happens to be one of mine, obviously. Really? So we've got an excellent show coming up today. We do? We sure do. We sure (laughs) do. That's awesome to hear. We are profiling Andrew Lincoln on the podcast today. Yep. We watched some of his uh, past work, and we're going to talk about that and run it down. But before that, of course, we have the Walking Dead news, all the news that you need to know and are dying to hear. That, that's really assuming a lot. Well, Because <laughs> that's all the news you need to know, and you are dying to hear it. Well, exactly. Uh, yeah. Why else are we here, my friend? It's quite the assumption. Let's start. And an excellent show before we even go ahead and do the show. <laughs> well, we've, we've pre-reviewed this show. I should, I should clarify. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm picking on you. We've got I the shouldn't. potential for an awesome show today. Yes. We'll see how it goes. Whether we ever live up to our potential... This remains to be seen. <laughs> remains to be seen. All right. Our foost. Our foost. foost. See? There you go. The show's over. That's it. Then goodbye. Good night, everybody. We're going to have a mediocre show, <laughs> and you may or may not want to hear this. Our first news item is an on-set interview with Robert Kirkman. Now, season two is underway, filming, yep. filming-wise. Well underway. And uh, he did an interview. I think this was with people from AMC, so nobody, no, not a, you know, an outside journalist or anything well, like that. It's not going to be hard-hitting, you know fastball kind of questions no definitely not but i pulled out some information from this interview first of all 
Uh, just a quote that he had. He said, there are some really awesome set pieces coming up in the first episode. Excellent. So they're not waiting. They're not easing into back into things. They're just going to hit the ground running. I As think. they should, yes. Right. Um, off the top of your head, what do you think we're going to see as a set piece in the first episode? Some sort of road encounter with a with a mob, a gonna, herd of zombies. I, I think a herd. I think uh, a heck of a lot of headshots. <laughs> well, yeah, we that's a given. We know that. <laughs> but if they're driving along the road, not knowing what to do, they're probably going to have to stop to take a leak. They'll be deciding where to go, who to see, what to do, and encounter some sort of large group of zombies. I think they're going to have to plow through a group of large zombies. You think they're going to have to drive through? Yeah, one? it's like how are we going to get through there? They're all over the road, and there's no way around. We go through. The thing and about they that put a shovel on the front and the way they go. Yeah. The thing about that is too many zombies you can't drive through. No, it's you, a bad idea. You just get gummed up in them. Yeah. You yeah, know, it's very messy. Quickly. But hey, large set pieces sounds cool. Um, we'll speculate more maybe on what we're going to see set piece wise throughout the season. Helicopter explosion. Oh, that would be I good. predict a helicopter explosion. Some sort of heli- helicopter crash and explosion. Yes. Probably with survivors from the helicopter. Though. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. It could be just complete unknown. Look at a helicopter and then it explodes. You're like, what the hell was that? Oh, and, and a mid-air helicopter explosion. Yeah, just an explosion for some reason. That's Maybe exciting. a missile coming up. I, it's all kinds of weird things. <laughs> all right. You heard, you heard it here for, first. <laughs> first. Boy, I really can't talk. Uh, Jason's crazy theory is that there will be a helicopter exploding in the sky. Yeah. In the same interview, when asked about Herschel's farm, Robert Kirkman said, Season 1 focused on Atlanta so much, and we got to see desolate Atlanta and how this stuff affects cities. Rather than repeat ourselves, we're going out into the woods. We're going to see a lot of rural roads and open fields, see how bad things are as you get away from the city centers. It's definitely different enough from season uh, that season two stands on its own and has its own thing and a lot of that comes from herschel's farm and seeing these characters all i can say is it's going to be great and the casting on season two is going to be as pitch perfect as the casting on season one i can't wait for everyone to meet herschel nice so it's not going to be a ranch imply uh no it's a farm farm herschel i thought there was some talk of herschel being a vet yeah we talked about that last time a vet veterinarian um he might be a you know a vet, a Vietnam vet. He could be, veteran. but in last week's news, it was sort of indicated that he was a animal doctor, not yeah. a former war hero. All right, well, anyway, he's a farmer. He is definitely a farmer. No matter what else he did, he's a farmer. So um, I saw a sign uh, yesterday driving out uh, just out of town a little bit, and there was a sign that said, if you ate today, thank a farmer. <laughs> I thought that was a really nice sign. Yeah, well, they well, grow thank the, you, farmers. They grow the food that we eat, and thank you very much, farmers. You're doing a bang-up job. Yes. Everyone should buy their food more locally. They I should. fully support that, yeah. but that's a whole different story. Uh, so Kirkman finished that statement with, I can't wait for everyone to meet Herschel, implying to me that this person has been cast. Well, I would assume if they're starting filming. Well, you never know when they're going to get to the to the uh, the farm. I mean, well, it could be at the end of the season for all we know, and therefore true. they haven't really cast those roles I yet. think the whole season's probably pretty much cast at this point. You got to think so, but really, really, I'm sure there's some roles that aren't filled yet. Herschel's yeah. a big one, obviously, so you'd think that would well, you be start one with, they would you do. You start with the, the primary characters, right? You go, okay, well, we have the main cast. They're already cast, so we can move on from there. Mm-hmm. Then you start going like, okay, we need the Herschels, we need you know the, the other characters that are going to appear this year. So you start with those, and then you start filling in the uh, the gaps to go around yeah. your, your primary characters. That's true. 
Um, we should do a fantasy casting for Herschel. We should. Um, John at, Goodman. At least him. John Goodman. As long as he's in there somewhere, you'll be happy. Yeah, yeah the governor, that's fine. Herschel, that's fine. I don't know if John Goodman is the, is the man to play um, Herschel. I don't know ah. why. I don't know why. I just see, I know he could grow a beard and be all haggard and stuff. John Leguizamo? No, I don't see that either. <laughs> we'll see. I'm sure Dave has some really good ideas. I'm so, sure. Um, Davey, if we don't get you on here soon, call in or write in and let us know who you think should play Liam Herschel. Neeson. I could see he that. He would steal the whole show, though, so you can't really... Eh, can't he really might. Do I don't know. So that'll be interesting to find out. We're going to keep our eyes on the IMDb for any new casting info. And uh, soon we'll start doing our IMDb cast updates again, I think, yeah. which we were doing for season one uh, as it was being developed. So we'll take a look. I didn't look before this episode, but maybe next time. I'm going to look right now while you're talking. Do it. Um, asked Kirkman was asked whether he'd direct an episode, and he said, no, 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 that's ridiculous. I won't do that <laughs> until season three. <laughs> oh. Look. Directing looks really difficult, and I'm really proud of the fact that I've made my living by doing things that aren't very difficult. So, you know, I don't want to start... Well, that's not true. He said, I don't want to start working for a living. That just seems unwise to me. I so. agree with that statement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you could do easy stuff like write and publish comics and sign sign TV deals and video game deals and stuff like that, why would you do anything hard? Well, one person, one piece of advice that I got from, uh, I forget who, who it was, but he said the secret to being rich is to find a way to make money while you're sleeping. Right. Something that just makes money whether you continue pushing it or not. Like, I work for a living. If I don't work, I don't make money. Right. Right? Uh, so find a way to make money while you're sleeping. That makes a lot of sense. It does. Find a way to make money while you're not working. Yeah. Ideally sleeping. Yeah, start start something that just makes money on its own. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. Him directing, who knows if he can direct. But uh, they say everyone wants to do that, so uh, maybe he'll do it someday. Finally, he confirmed that we'll see a potential love interest for Glenn. Now... Um, well, of course. Of course. Uh, as we all know, those who have read the comic, and this is early on in the comic that uh, Glenn hooks up with one of Herschel's daughters named Maggie, right? Right. And uh, so we'll, we're going to see that. That's great. Maggie's going to be in the show. That's good. That's really all he said. So there you go. Um, since season... Go ahead. I'm happy for Glenn. I'm happy for Glenn, too. Since season two is now filming, we have a number of filming locations listed. A lot of this information comes from onlocationvacations.com. Good site. A site we have used before for uh, finding out where stuff is happening. Um, the biggest bit of information, I think, is that film crews have been approved to use the Noonan High School Gymnasium uh, on July 7th and 8th and the 11th and 12th. And filming will take place during the day and night. Apparently, they'll be shooting a scene in which survivors run into a horde of zombies at the high school, but it will be staged to look like an abandoned FEMA camp. Oh, good. FEMA is the Federal Emergency Management Agency. I was worried about zombie... Uh, cheerleaders. Cheerleaders. And football players. Football players, and yeah. And the zombie computer nerd and yeah, <laughs> all the stereotypes <laughs> from a high school. Right? I was worried. Well, no, it's going to be a FEMA camp. Um which is interesting because it means our survivors are going to end up in another potential location that held out a little bit longer into the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, and there's, it makes sense for that to be a school as well. Oh, it does. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So because they're, they're used as bomb shelters and uh, various such things. One of the high schools in, in Sault Ste. Marie where I grew up mm -hmm. was designed to uh, double as a bomb shelter. 
very small hallways, very lots and lots of concrete, that kind of thing. Yeah, lots and lots of concrete. <laughs> the gymnasium was in the middle and didn't have any windows, didn't have, like, there was school all the way around it, so it was uh, very well shielded. Yeah, come to think of it, the gyms in the schools I went to were all in the center as well. The there idea, I guess the idea is that you can go in there and you maybe you won't die in the event of a yeah. serious attack. We will see. Maybe. For a little while. <laughs> For a little while, yeah. <laughs> Unless the nuke lands right on the school, then you're pretty much... Well, dead. yeah, the Sioux was always targeted, right? Because of the, uh, the, the locks that are there mm-hmm. to go from like uh, Superior to Lake uh, Huron. Mm-hmm. Uh, in order to... If you, shut, if you blew up those locks, basically you shut down so much of a shipping channel that it would really impede any kind of uh, war manufacturing. So That's good to know. They always told us. They told <laughs> us in high school, yeah, we're targeted. <laughs> so good luck with that. It was that. in the 80s, so they're like, yeah. Cold War, you know. Yeah. Um, other locations include Sonoya's Rally Studios Atlanta. Um, that's a primary location for, I guess, in-studio filming. Now, they do a lot of on-location stuff for this show. Yeah. But it says areas in Sonoya, Sharpsburg, Fayette County, and several locations in unincorporated Coweta County. Now, I don't know any of these places. They're all presumably uh, counties and locations in and around Atlanta uh, in Georgia. But if you're in that area and you live or travel through any of these areas, who knows? You might walk into some stray zombies. And tell us about it. Absolutely. Tell us about it. Give us a call or give us an email and let us know. If you have pictures, send them our pictures way. Pictures are good. We will, uh, we will post it. Don't do anything silly. Don't get yourself in trouble for... Uh, or illegal. Know. Good Lord, no. Yeah, that's what I mean by silly. Yeah. Um, don't get yourself in trouble doing anything, but if you happen to be around or you get a snap a shot, send it over. It'll be great. On the spot reporters. Uh, that's We need some of those. Yeah. We need some of those. Um, location manager Michael Riley said, just referring to the um, effort involved in working with the local community and stuff like that, he said it will be a fairly large piece of work. Wow. So it, the, art, the article goes on to talk about how, um, you know, they got to work with the local police and the community because they're shutting down roads and taking fire over marshal. buildings, fire marshal. Um, you know, they're filming, they're filming a show that involves a lot of death and destruction. So they got to really, you know, bash the place up, so to speak, to, to make it look authentic and so on. So sounds like we're going to get, uh, get some pretty cool location work in in season two anyway mm, exciting exciting um hopefully on the scale of of the uh hospital in season one because i yeah. think that was really really well done it was um more cgi than i expected in yeah, that absolutely <laughs> in that scene after watching watching one of the features on the dvd but still very very cool very cool so there you go if you're in those areas go check it out and let us know what you see so the Walking Dead board game is has more or less been revealed, and this is something we talked about um, a number of weeks or months ago, but we didn't have too much information on it at the time. Um, Mike uh, sent us an email recently regarding the board game, and I just wanted to read that before we get into the news. He said, Hello, Chris and Jason. I had a few thoughts on the Walking Dead card game. Oh, yeah, there's a card game and a board game, I believe. Okay. It's hard to keep them straight. In the article, it said that the initial set will only include 72 cards. I've played a few card games like this in the past, and this seems like a low amount of cards for a game. Granted, other expansion sets would add more cards. You're looking at very few possible deck combinations with only 72 cards, so maybe it is possible that this is only a collectible card set, not a game. However, if it is a game, I think it would play like this. And I'll try to be brief. 
There are two players, and they each have a deck they have built. One player would have a survivors slash good guy deck, and the other would have a zombie slash bad guy deck. Right. Like with the Star Wars card game from uh, Decipher from back in 1995, one player would be good, the other bad. Certain characters would fit into one side and the other, and other cards would allow good guys to become zombies and so on. For example, Rick would be in the good deck, while people like the governor would be in the bad guy deck. Players would take turns playing their cards, fighting zombies, moving from location to location, and so on. The game would be over when one player runs out of cards. So, um, yeah, that sounds pretty straightforward. Now, there's information about that as well as the board game, and there's definitely a board game coming yep. because there was a picture, and I'll post the link in the show notes for it. But this comes from MTV's Geek Blog, and an interview with Cryptozoic Entertainment's Chief Creative Officer, Corey Jones. Um, so, did you take a look at the picture of the board game? Uh, yeah, I was just looking at it. What, uh, what are your thoughts on that? It looks like Clue. <laughs> it does. It looks like a mix <laughs> of Clue and Monopoly. Yeah. Where you've got the spaces around the edge with the bigger ones in the corners. And it kind of looks uh, like a weird hybrid of those two. Uh, yeah, hope, hopefully it's not Snakes and Ladders. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be Snakes and Ladders. Um, but here's some more information from the article. First of all, uh, Corey Jones, the CEO of Cryptozoic Entertainment, said on how they came to the project, we were absolutely in love with the property, like everyone, and that's why we pursued it. We were just lucky enough to get the chance to go in and pitch them on making a board game and, and a trading card set. Aha! There if I'd go. read this before, I think we just have a trading card set. Uh, they liked what they had to say, so from there we picked up the license. So it sounds like they went to Kirkman and said, hey, we want to do this. Right. And he's like, well, why not? Makes Absolutely. me money. <laughs> um, Thank you for that bag of money. That's right. Please keep them coming. <laughs> <laughs> I could use lots of those bags of money. <laughs> yeah. So asked about the game mechanics. The board game has got some interesting mechanics moving around the board, um, and it being a representation of the goals from the first season was a good abstraction to build mechanics on top of. You travel around to the CDC, the old folks' home, and three different places, and these different places, having to get to each of the four corners, collect a card from there, and get back to the base camp. But as you're doing that, you are drawing from an encounter deck, potentially encountering hostile survivors, friendly survivors, and often zombies. That sounds kind of cool. Yeah. It's sort of a, a cross between Monopoly, Clue, Snakes and Ladders, and Trivial Pursuit. A little bit, but there's no trivia. No, there's no trivia. There's also no snakes or ladders. True. So you have base camp. You roll dice to travel out into four locations on the board to achieve something or collect something. Yep. And as you're going there, you pull cards that are representing counters, and you have to deal with those encounters on your way. Yep. Sounds interesting. It does. The other thing is um, that you there's no set pattern around the board. You can do it in whatever order and direction you want, mm -hmm. which sounds pretty cool. So uh, I think we could have a good time playing this game. I think, and uh, I wonder if any of the, the main characters also turns into zombies, and that kind of uh, changes things after a while. Like you get into an encounter, but you get bitten. Bitten? Bit. And then uh, you turn into a zombie, and now you're chasing the other characters around. Yeah, that might be fun, too. That would be fun, too. Um, they revealed that uh, we do play as the main characters. So far, we know that you can be Rick, Glenn, or Andrea, and there are three others that you can play as that have not been announced yet. Right. Well, it looks like Shane. Yeah. And Lori. Shane, Lori, and Dale. <laughs> uh, I see. also see Glenn. I also see a zombie. Yep. So there you go. 
from the picture, right? Yeah, from the picture. Very nice. Uh, but it's a pretty in-depth interview. There's a lot of information about the game. So everyone check our show notes and go check out the picture and uh, read the interview because it's, it's pretty good information and something we're going to try out for sure. Yeah, and uh, the card game, it looks like it's just a trading trading card set, which is okay. That's okay. Five. You get them all, and then you get them uh, framed and mounted on your wall. Perfect. That's what I plan on doing. Yeah. They'll go next to my uh, action figure set. That'd be good. Which we'll talk about later. So E3, the uh, uh, the big video game expo, was last week. Mm-hmm. And a little bit of information came out about the Walking Dead video game that is upcoming. Not a ton. We didn't get to see any gameplay footage or anything like that. All that was really released was, I think, a couple of statements and some concept art. Right. Did you take a look at the concept art? I'm looking at it right now. There you go. So we get pictures of our characters who are Lee Everett and Clementine, who's a young girl. Apparently Lee is an escaped prisoner who, or he's being transferred uh, and his convoy his uh, the van he's in gets an, into an encounter with a zombie and he ends up escaping and then just trying to survive in the world um, with Clementine, who he runs into, who I guess is by herself for some reason. Oh. So <clears throat> from the, uh, the GamePro.com article I read, uh, it said, When the game begins, a roamer zombie causes a car accident transporting Lee, who's revealed to be a prisoner. He gets his freedom, but obviously in pretty horrible circumstances. From That's from uh, Telltale executive producer Kevin Boyle. He also notes that Lee's backstory plays a pivotal role in the game. Mm-hmm. So he will be a criminal, criminal with a backstory that comes up in the game again. Sounds interesting. It does. Uh, you'll, you'll learn what really went on and why he was in the spot that he was in. I have a feeling we might have one of these um, sort of conflicted characters. Right. You know, he's arrested for something that maybe he didn't really do. Or maybe he did, but he had a good reason to, for doing it. Yeah, exactly. Sort of like Kate on Lost. It says he's a heroic figure, but he's not squeaky clean. <laughs> well, that's good. That's the best kind. Yeah. Because not everybody can be Superman. No, not everyone can be. So every once in a while, you got to have a Batman. You need he's, a bat. You need a Batman. You need a Batman. That's definitely true. And that's why Batman can uh, take out, take on Superman and win. So apparently, he will. There will be run-ins with the characters we know. I mean, their paths will cross. Right. But what we're doing uh, as Lee Everett and Clementine in the game doesn't really impact what our existing characters are doing in Atlanta and in the camp and things like that. That's good. So that is good. It'll be nice to have them there and maybe chat with them a while and then move on. Yeah. And continue doing our own thing. So um, one other interesting note is that they revealed that there will be a Facebook tie-in game. Right. Um, no real details were given, but... Uh, some connection is going to exist, exist between the social game and the main game. Who knows what that could You'll be? You'll have really. to let me know what that's like. <laughs> You're not going to try it, are you? I'm not big on uh, Facebook interactions with other things. I'm not big, big on Facebook interaction with me. Yeah, I know that. Um, I'm interested in it only because recently I've had the opportunity to do some development on Facebook. Right. So I've gotten to know how things work over there a little bit oh, so you have to give me a tutorial yeah if you want i've kind of got the you know the back door view if you know what i mean yeah yeah no that'd be very helpful because it, the front door doesn't make any sense to me no i know it really doesn't uh, yeah every time i go to facebook i look around it's like okay what now 
how do I find where's where's the and now they're filtering my feed for me for some reason. Facebook is generally very confusing for users, and I'm a I'm you know I I can you and I are pretty savvy internet people you'd think so. Yeah. You think we could figure it out, but it's 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 a confusing site. Yeah. But I at least know now how their apps work and their APIs and stuff like that. So oh, good. So that helps a little bit. But uh, in, and in that respect, I'll be interested in it. So we will see. I'll def- definitely give it a try and let everyone know what I think. Um, incidentally, Telltale Games recently secured seven million dollars in investment. So that's good. That that is good. You know, can't hurt. They need money to do these these do these things, and it sounds like they are getting some. Excellent. Now we mentioned the action figures a little bit uh, a little bit ago, and some of them, more of them, have been revealed. Uh, pull up those pictures if you they're can. They're awesome. You think they're awesome, eh? Daryl Dixon with his uh, mess of squirrels. There, that's awesome. He's got a mess of squirrels and his crossbow up. We've got uh, Rick Grimes there with his with his handgun. Now it's not the big. Um, do you remember what the gun he the used revolver? in the show was? Yeah, it's not the big revolver he has. No, he's got a, it looks like a 9mm of some kind. That's kind of a bummer. I would have liked to have seen the the, the, the big old thing that Where's blows his people's hat? heads off. Uh, check the other link. He does have his hat. Look, the other link has him with a shotgun, too. Okay, that's cool. Good. Now, don't forget we have two sets, one based on the comic and one based on the TV show, right? right. That one's obviously based on the TV show. The, uh, which one? The first one that I saw with uh, Daryl Dixon yep. and his mess of squirrels. The, the, that's right. That's the TV show one. And it there really, we go. It really looks like Andrew Lincoln and uh, Norman Reedus, yeah. doesn't no, it? No, it does. It really does. They did a nice job. So the other set from the comic, we've got a different Rick, a um, couple of zombies, and Michonne. Oh, excellent. Um, I don't know what accessories she comes with, but Rick has a shotgun, and it looks like a hammer hanging off his belt. Well, Michonne's got to come with her sword. You'd think she's got to come with the sword. And a couple yeah. of armless zombies. <laughs> well, I, that, I don't know if she does that. would be awesome. It looks like one of the zombies comes with an axe in his head, which is kind of cool. <laughs> That's encouraging. <laughs> That's right. Um, and as we know, these parts are going to come off of them, and you know their guts are going to fall out, and I think these are going to be really great, great fun for uh, those of us. It's a whole family. For the whole family, or at least those <laughs> of us old enough to play with them. <laughs> And not have nightmares. And not have nightmares, yeah. You know, and I think that means we've now seen all of the figures, what they're going to look like. That's actually the first images we've had of some of those. So they look great. They do look really cool, and I can't wait to get my hands on them. They're coming in in September and November. I don't know which order. I don't know if the TV show ones come first or the uh, the comic ones do. Yeah, it's a tough call. I'm going to say TV ones first, leading up to premiere of the TV show. Or if they come in November, it's in the middle of the TV show. Yeah, that's which true might too. do better. And for Christmas, well, yeah, maybe. I mean, November's a little late for Christmas. The Christmas season starts in like August these days. Yeah, I, I know. I'm, well, I'm going to go the opposite. I'm going to say that the uh, the comic book ones are, will come first. Okay, we'll see. That's my prediction. Very good. Either way, I'm getting them. Um, okay, award nominations. Every week, it seems like there are more award nominations for The Walking Dead. They just keep getting more and more claim and praise. That's Acc- awesome. Acclaim and Acclaim. praise. More and more <laughs> nominated. That's right. So the Broadcast Television Journalists Association announced their nominees for the first ever Critics' Choice Television Awards, and The Walking Dead was honored with a nod in the Best Drama Series category. Well, I'm confused by the Journalist Association. Broadcast <laughs> Television Journalists? 
the BTJA, the Broadcast Television Journalists Association. Well, why are the journalists giving awards to drama series? I don't know. Everyone wants to give out their own awards. Anyway, sorry, I keep picking apart all the awards people. That's like fine. giving someone an eagle. <laughs> yeah, you know they don't really give out eagles, right? Okay, good. <laughs> They're just called the Eagle Awards. Well, you said, every, or you were joking. Yeah, sometimes <gasps> sometimes I do that. You burned me. I believe that to, to, until today. Jerk. Really? <laughs> Dude. I'm not very smart. All right. Except for about uh, astrophysics or whatever. Um, the Portal Awards. I believe that. That's that's disconcerting that you could pull one over my eyes like that. Well, you really think someone would give out an eagle? I think that's a really dumb thing to do. You know, maybe a, a, a bronze eagle on a statue or That would be like cool. That. That would, well, well not, you don't know if you're really bronze a real eagle. <laughs> no. Anyway, we're going to move on. I was an idiot. I actually believe that. The Portal Awards. Best actor uh, in television, well, Andrew they Lincoln. gave out portals. Yes, they gave out. That's right. <laughs> real portals. <laughs> the Eagle Awards give out eagles. The Portal Awards give out portals. And the Broadcast Television Journalists Association Awards give out broadcast television journalists. Well, I see. I can see that. You don't want it. Here's your own journalist. He can follow go you forth and, and write things. There you go. So the Portal Awards: Andrew Lincoln nominated in the Best Actor Television category, and The Walking Dead nominated in the Best Series on Television. Excellent category. So good for them. We'll find out uh, if they win. Um, the Television Critics Association. So this is kind of like the television, the broadcast no, no, television these are, journalists. These are critics. That's fine. I, I suppose journalists think- report the news. Critics criticize. Yeah. Uh, or critique. They, what did they do? They announced the nominees for the 2011 TCA Awards. And in fact, they, they're probably not called that. That was my own acronym, I think. Excellent. E, the Walking Dead was honored with a nomination in the Outstanding New Program category. Very good. I believe it is an Outstanding New Program. It really is. Yeah. So there we go. Hopefully they will win. We will follow up if we find, uh, or when we find the results on all those awards and just Keep adding to our list of Walking Dead nominations and hopefully wins. Um, So, here's something that I'm going to classify as a rumor. Okay. A German website is claiming to have an official premiere date for Season 2 in Germany. And that is October 21st. That would be like the week before Halloween. Yeah, I could buy that. You think so? Ten days before Halloween. Do you th- now, do you think this, if true, indicates when it would premiere around the world? Because as we know, season one, it was the largest worldwide premiere of a show ever. Right. Um, simultaneous premiere, I mean. So now there were slight differences. I think the UK was five days behind and things like that. But I, they probably consider that close enough. Yeah. Uh, although if not, I mean, I think the rest of the world was pretty much on Halloween when it premiered. So... October 21st, 2011. This German site is saying that's when it's going to be. Yeah. The site was that's in a Friday. That's a Friday? That's a Friday. The 21st is a Friday, and you've got a full week and three days before Halloween. Mm-hmm. That's a little early, I think. And that puts Halloween on a Monday next yep. year? Monday. Rather than a Sunday when this was broadcasting on season one. So I would say the 30th of uh, October would be the premiere. Unless they want to nail it on Halloween again, go on a Monday night, and then subsequently on Sundays. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, The site was in German, so I couldn't read it myself and really verify what they were saying. You don't read German? No, do you? No. Okay. 
Um, so I had to rely on the um, report on bleedingcool.com. Now, one of the things they suggested in the article is that maybe they would do the premiere, which was maybe an hour and a half or a two-hour premiere yep. on the 21st. And then the next week on Halloween or close to Halloween, they sort of rebroadcast the first one and go into the second one. Then. Yeah, AMC does that anyway. Well, I know they do that anyway, but they'd actually market this and say, right. you know, it starts this day, but, you know, on Halloween, catch up with the first and second episodes yeah. again. You know? Did you miss it? Yeah, exactly. All right. Nobody's going to miss it. That'd uh, be crazy. I'm skeptical, but I don't see any reason to really doubt it at this point. Well, I don't see any reason to believe it either is the only yeah. is the only problem. So we'll see. I mean, hey, the earlier the better, really. I, I just want it back on the air. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I believe them until something comes along that makes me think otherwise. <laughs> or confirms or denies. Right. <clears throat> I will neither confirm nor deny. Finally, in the news this week, it was announced that The Walking Dead will have a panel at San Diego Comic-Con. <sighs> Nobody was really concerned that, that wouldn't happen, um, but it was made official uh, this week or recently. Date and time to be announced. Now, you may wonder why I'm sighing about that. You'd think I'd be excited about it, but... Sadly, we're not going to San Diego Comic-Con, so it makes me sad. Yeah, we. here's the story, everyone. Do you want to tell, enlighten people on to exactly what happened? Well, we were planning on going to the San Diego Comic-Con. We were all very excited. Uh, I was on board. You were on board. My wife was on board. I don't know if your wife was planning on coming or not. May or may not have. I booked time off work. I mm-hmm. have those two weeks off. I do, too. Jenny has that, t- uh, that time off as well. We're all set to go. And then uh, they had issues with uh, releasing the tickets. Like, they'd released the tickets, and then it got so swamped that they had to shut it down. And then they released the tickets, and they got so swamped that they had to shut it down. So they did a test release of 1,000 tickets on a new ticket server of some kind. And then, so they changed the date so many times that uh, when they did release the tickets, it was like 7 o'clock at night when I realized, <gasps> I think the tickets went on sale today. And then by the time I got home, they were all sold out. Yes, and I had a similar problem, although I remembered earlier than you. Yeah. And I went on, and oh darn, they were all sold out. Um, and, and it was something like, you know, something ridiculous, like seven minutes or something stupid like that. Yeah. So I could have remembered almost right away, and I still would have missed my chance. So kind of a bummer. Um, I know you can pick up tickets uh, on eBay and things like that, but unfortunately, we just, coming from where we are... It's kind of far. It's kind of expensive to get there. We can't really leave anything to chance, so unfortunately we can't do it. It's too far to go for something that is not absolutely sure. Exactly. If we we could get in, I mean, I I don't think there's ever a guarantee that you can get into the panels you want. You just have to be willing to line up. Right. I would be willing to do that. I would do that too. If I had the pass for the con, right? Right. But without that pass, can't really, you know, get on a plane and go down there and hang around outside. Yeah. As fun as that would be, it's it's just not something we can do. So You know what got my wife on board for going to San Diego Comic-Con? Because I told her, you know, it's going to be, you know, nerd fest. California, beautiful weather. Yeah, I told her all that. She, she's like, yeah, we can go to California anytime. But what got her on board for, uh, uh, for San Diego Comic-Con was that, you know, we're going to be staying at a hotel pretty close to the San Diego Comic-Con, and we might end up staying in the same hotel as Nathan Fillion if he goes. <laughs> you never, She's like, well, let's go then. <laughs> you never know, really. Exactly. There's all kinds of celebrities there. Yeah. So. But uh, yeah, Nathan Fillion, just even the mention that he might possibly be there, maybe got her on board. He is awesome. 
Oh, I liked Nathan Fillion. Me too. So anyways, the panel is announced. We will bring you the date and time when that is released. And if anyone's going, we would love to have an on-field reporter. so uh, On-the-spot reporter. That's right. Give we'll us... Tell you how jealous we are of your <laughs> ticket purchasing abilities. That's, that's right. Your ability to use the internet faster than us. And remember when to go and buy tickets. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, there you go. Uh, send us an email if you're going to be down at the con. You can come on the show. You can give us all the updates. It will be great. Oh, my God. If you have three extra tickets, let us know. That's right. It's, it's that simple. But, you know, right away. Yeah, right now. <laughs> so, there you go. Now we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we've got our Walking Dead actor spotlight on Andrew Lincoln. Stay tuned for that. We'll be right back after this. I'm all packed up now, early in the morning. I'll take my leave. I'll bring your words along with me. Maybe one day they will mean something. Now they buzz and crumble down a little bit too easily From a time that I am not quite over What the hell is wrong with me? For our fine listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you a chance to check out their service. I'm actually excited about uh, having Audible uh, on board. The recommendation I want to let you all know about today is Into the Storm by Taylor Anderson, which is uh, an, uh, the first book in a in the, the uh, Destroyerman series. Basically, it's an alternate reality. In the spring of 1942, an old four-stacker, uh, you know, steam engine uh, destroyer is fleeing from the Japanese fleet during uh, a naval battle. They f- sail into a storm and end up in an alternate reality where uh, dis- dinosaurs haven't died out. And two races of beings have evolved, one from uh, raptors and one from lemurs. And these uh, people have to survive in this new world where they are the, uh, they, they start off by, by being the end-all, be-all of uh, naval power in the entire world because they're, you know, it might be an old ship in World War II, but it's still a metal steamer ship from uh, an alternate reality. So this is the, uh, the first of five book series, or there's five books so far, and... Uh, I've listened to four out of the five, and I'm excited about listening to the fifth one, but the uh, the first one is uh, very good, and it comes in at 16 hours and 16 minutes, which is not bad for your Audible buck. To download this or any other free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash talkingdead. Once again, that's audibletrial.com slash talkingdead for your free audiobook download. Yeah, I should probably say that I'm unsure why I'm All right, welcome back, everybody. This is the Talking Dead episode number 47, and now it's time for our actor spotlight on Andrew Lincoln, who, of course, plays Rick Grimes on the TV program. Mr. Lincoln was actually born Andrew Clutterbuck. Of course. He is from the UK, and he's been acting, you know, since about uh, 1994, I think. He probably changed his name because uh, to be in the, the Actors Union, you have to have a unique name. Yes. And there probably already was an Andrew Clutterbuck, so... <laughs> yeah, probably. So Andrew Lincoln, why not? I, I think... It's very it, American name. It, it rolls off the tongue a little better, for sure, so... Almost, it's pretty close to Abraham Lincoln. Yes, it is. 
It's probably what he was going for. Yeah, probably. Um, Although I do like Clutterbuck. I do too. I would stick with Clutterbuck. Uh, sure. Why not? It's, it's a good it's, name. It's, it's it's easy to remember. You know, maybe not as much as Andrew Lincoln, but still. <laughs> I don't know. So uh, when we announced our actor spotlight on Andrew Lincoln last uh, episode, we listed a few things that we were going to watch. Strike Back uh, was a miniseries that he was in from 2010. Uh, we also listed Moonshot, another uh, TV miniseries about the, the Apollo 11 uh, missions, and Love Actually. Well, I had to update that post a little bit, not because we couldn't find these things but because we came across some additional stuff that we didn't think we would have access to but thought would fit really well into um into a spotlight on andrew lincoln as an actor the first thing is and i think the first thing we'll talk about is an episode of an old british sitcom called drop the dead donkey season four (laughs) episode four entitled births and deaths broadcast in 1994 the exciting thing here is that this was Andrew Lincoln's very first ever on-screen appearance. Yes. <laughs> so it was pretty fun. This episode was directed by Liddy Oldroyd. <laughs> also a good name. Nothing funny about that name, Oldroyd. Nothing it's, at all. It starred Susanna Doyle, Robert Duncan, Ingrid Lacey, and of course, Andrew Lincoln as a character named Terry. Good old now, Terry. Now, we... We watched one episode of this program, which had numerous seasons, completely out of context for yep. the the bigger you know plot lines, which I think there were definitely some. There were some, and there was definitely uh, you know character history that uh, that we didn't see. Character history, but that's okay. I mean, we were we were really just watching for Andrew Lincoln, yeah, and uh, you know not so much everything else. But I still felt like I had a decent idea of what was going on, and. The episode was self-contained enough, I think, yeah. that it was funny. Did you th- did you like it? Did you laugh? Did you think it was a funny show? I didn't laugh out loud. There was I, a couple of good jokes, I There thought. was a couple of good jokes, and I found it amusing, but I don't know if there was any guffaws or uh, <laughs> any out- audible kind of you know noises from humor- humorosity. Humorosity. <clears throat> Do you think, you know, Andrew Lincoln aside, you would watch more episodes of this program? No. You don't think so? No. I think I would, if it was on, I would check it out because I do think it was funny enough that it got my interest peaked a little bit. I thought the characters were a little cardboard. And oh, a little they weren't cardboard. Archetypical? Yeah. Is that a word? I think so. Archetype? Yeah. I, I, you know what? It was, it's, so it's set as a TV newsroom. Like right. a behind-the-scenes kind of TV newsroom, like right? Like news radio. Yeah, exactly. But I think they did a nice job with it. It, it it kind of it definitely made me laugh a couple of I times. I thought it was a, a, an okay episode and I enjoyed it for Andrew Lincoln, but I don't think I would watch it again. So Andrew Lincoln played Terry as we said and he is a con man yes. basically. He cons one of the series regulars into thinking he is his son, long lost son. Yep. And uh basically taking money from him. 5,000 pounds. 5,000 pounds. That's a lot of money. That's a <laughs> hell of a lot of money. To just hand over to someone. For um, a journalism school. Right. He's introduced, yeah, for a journalism school because they're journalists. He's introduced in the episode on the premise, though, that he's there as a contract killer to kill one of the guys for reporting on something and having to testify against some bad guys. That's right. So he walks in, and he's doing a funny accent. Yes. What did you think of his accent? Well, 
You, you didn't think was that was hilarious? hilarious? It was a silly accent. Yes. <laughs> I thought it was awesome. I thought he did. He walks in, big glasses on, doing this funny kind of pseudo Eastern European accent yeah. kind of. And uh, I just thought the way everyone around was reacting and hiding under their desks and just kind of some silly reactions, I thought it really, really worked. And I think it worked because Andrew Lincoln pulled it off, sort of. Uh, you know? I think he did, too. I think he did a, a good job overall in the role. I, I haven't seen him a lot do uh, comedy. Yeah, no, so I haven't seen a lot of comedy. Comedy that uh, I've seen him in. So uh, I found that amusing. But, you know, overall, the show was okay. Okay, but Andrew Lincoln did a superb job in his role. He did, I think so. He was totally entertaining, did a nice job. It, it didn't feel like a first performance, you know what I mean? Right. He'd probably, I'm sure he'd acted before on stage or whatever, and then they'd probably rehearsed a whole bunch, but it didn't feel like he was out there stumbling through it. No. He, he, he was he definitely seemed, a professional. And seemed very confident in what he was doing, right? Yeah. Now, he was only in about a quarter of the show, maybe a third. He basically shows up. And uh, you get this brief storyline about him trying to take the guy's money and being his son, and then that's it. He's gone. So go. it focused on the series regulars, but uh, but there he was. Yeah, so births and deaths, he was uh, playing both roles at that point because uh, basically his character, the whole show was either about, the, you, know, the, you know, was uh, him being the long-lost son of one of the characters, so that's your birth thing, and the deaths being the death threat against this other character. Mm-hmm. So at that time, he was actually both. He was both the uh, the birth character and the death character. So he was pivotal. He was to, pivotal to the episode, uh, you know, in terms of narrative and title. That's right. <laughs> so there you go. It was a pretty cool. That's Drop the Dead Donkey. Everyone should go check it out if you're interested in Andrew Lincoln. Quite the title. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's. A, I wonder what that refers to. I bet you that's a journalism term. I read it, uh, and I don't think it is. Uh, no, I think it was just something. It was close to the working title that they uh, had come up with, and just decided to go with it. Come on, when when at the opening of the episode when he's standing there reporting on the soldiers burning marijuana behind him and he's getting less and less coherent, that was funny. I, I thought it was a little predictable. Okay, maybe it was funny for 1994. Well, maybe it was. I don't know. I I'll have it, to go back to 1994 and watch it. Get in your time machine and let me know. I thought well, it's it a personal nice. time machine because not only do I have to go back to 1994, I have to go back to my own mentality in 1994 and then watch it. You could do it, man. What I have to do is I have to go back in time and force myself to watch it when I was in 1994. Right, okay. You watch this. Watch this. Do it now. Um, okay, so let's go chronologically here. The next thing we, we dug up was the pilot episode for a British TV series called This Life. Um, this one was directed by... The episode's called Coming Together, and it broadcast in 1996. Right. It was directed by Sam Miller, and it starred Jack Davenport, whom we all know. Yes, we do. Uh, Amita Deary, Jason Hughes, and Andrew Lincoln as a character called Edgar Egg Cook. Egg is his uh, Egg is his uh, nickname. Right. So, what's this show about? Well, from what I saw, it's a series about just these five people, then the five young professionals and their lives. Yeah, they're lawyers, right? Uh, well, I'm not sure that they're all lawyers, but it sure seems or they sort of like that. Work in a law firm or a couple yeah. of different law firms. So, um, the first episode was really a lot of setup. Yeah, um, them coming together, moving into the same house together because they share the living space, um, and it was just sort of a lot of introductions to many of the characters. Um, did you like it? I don't know. I'd like to watch more of it before I make that kind of judgment call. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very British. 
Sure. If I may throw that out there and not giving it any explanation whatsoever. Because who knows what that means. Because who knows what that means. That's all I say. Oh, that's so Canadian. Uh, So it was very British. Um, It was compelling, but I'm not sure yet. I'd like to see more of it. But it made you want to tune in for some more. Yeah, absolutely. I felt the same way. I I don't quite get it yet. But you you often don't with one episode of a TV show. Even I got lost. (laughs) Okay, well, sure, not not all the time. It takes time to develop uh, characters and you know storylines. Obviously, right. yeah. Um, you can't get everything across in one episode. But I think this one gave us enough that um, that I'm going to tune in for a little bit more. Anyways, I'd like to check it out, and yeah. I'd like to watch it with my wife because she likes British television shows. Yeah, I thought she might get a kick out of it. Did she enjoy it? I don't know. I didn't watch it with her. Oh, <laughs> but, I'd like to watch it with her. Oh, I see. I, th- <laughs> I thought you already would have. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm going to check it out. Now, Andrew Lincoln, um, he plays a guy who's just gotten a job at the new firm. Right. But he's also dating someone who already works there. That's right. Right? And they're trying to keep it a secret. And they're trying to keep it a secret. Um, he, again, he did a pretty good job, and this was a somewhat comedic role. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like that, that they told him, now that you've got this job, okay, you got 17 days to call your own. Kind of thing. What does he mean? Seventeen days to call my own. It's like, well, you know, after weekends and stuff, that's seventeen days are the only seventeen days in your entire year that you are not working. That you're not and, working for us. He's like, oh, you mean I have to work for a living? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very sad. What we were talking about with Robert Kirkman before. You that's know? right. So far, he doesn't work for a living. He just yeah. does awesome stuff. I mean, even lawyers. They make lawyers make a you know you know if I may generalize, make a lot of money, but they still only make money when they work. Right. Right? They're billable hours. Yes. That's, that's the thing. You still have to work in order to make money. Whereas if you own Facebook, you don't have to You're work. You're making money You're... while you sleep. Exactly. All right. Um, something exciting that happened in this episode is that we got to see Andrew Lincoln's wiener. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> uh, he did some full frontal nudity in bit this, of a shower this there. episode. Yeah, he steps out of the shower and wow, there he is in all his glory. There you go. Um, didn't expect that. No, me neither. And but as, it is British. It, it, it's definitely British. <laughs> his wiener or the act of well, being both naked. really. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The whole shebang. So after it broadcast, my wife and I watched this together, and we were talking about it. And I said to her, "Isn't that crazy? You got to see his his wiener." And uh, and then I started thinking, "Is that the appropriate um, British term wiener? for that?" Yeah, Johnson. Uh, well, that's what I'm saying. These these sound more like American things to say to me. Or Did you look it up? Is Canadian? No, but her answer to me was this. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Here's a little number I tossed up recently in the Caribbean. <laughs> Isn't it awfully nice to have a penis? This Isn't is a British person singing, of course. Well, yeah. Penis is British, I guess. Well, to have a stiffy, it's divine to own a dick. From the tiniest little tadger to the world's biggest prick. So three chairs for your Willie or John Thomas. That's got to be British. John Hooray Thomas, yeah. for your one-eyed trouser snake. Your piece of pork, your wife's best friend, your Percy or your cock. You can wrap it up. Percy? You can yeah, it's British. It in your sock. Definitely. <laughs> Don't take it out in public or they will stick you in the dock. And you won't. I come, I back. Oh, thank you very much. So. Excellent. I guess all those terms qualify as Willy. being known to the British people. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm not joking. That's actually what she... She sang that song when I asked her, how, what do British people call it? <laughs> I wouldn't put it past her. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, there you go. If you want to see Andrew Lincoln's 
Percy, Willie, or John Thomas, uh, <laughs> go and find this life life episode one called "Coming Together" from 1996. And Jack Davenport, of course, has gone on to great fame and fortune in yep. Pirates of the Caribbean and stuff like that. So if you're a fan of Coupling. his, go check it out. Coupling oh my goodness, too. go watch Coupling. This show reminded me of Coupling in some ways. Really? <clears throat> it well, it reminded me of an early. It, it felt like an earlier Coupling almost. You know? I don't know. It was a little dark. Yeah, and it didn't quite. It didn't have that. Um, uh, soap opera camera work style that Coupling had. Right. Know what I mean? Like, Coupling always felt very soap opera What's his name, the writer and creator of that? It was something Moffat? Uh, Stephen Moffat. Yeah. yeah. Who, uh, who's, who's doing Doctor, Doctor Who, Who now. Yeah. yeah. He's, a good, he's a smart guy. That yes, guy. he is. Anything he does turns to gold. Definitely. Next on the Andrew Lincoln, um, why don't you introduce this one? 2009. What are we talking about? Moonshot. Moonshot. So this is the uh, Apollo 11 uh, basically the f- first man on the moon and about the uh, the behind the scenes kind of storyline that, uh, that about that and it actually takes which was very interesting actually takes live uh, actual footage and audio and the actors are actually uh, you know lip syncing to the audio the actual audio uh, during the ending did you catch that no I didn't notice that really yeah it was the actual audio of the communications between Apollo 11 or uh, Tranquility Base and mm-hmm. and Earth and about the actual uh, the actual communication that they were having. So That's really thought, cool. I thought that was really really neat that they were uh, they would do something like that. Um, there were a lot of fart jokes. <laughs> Did you know <laughs> these are young astronauts? I mean, young what else are they going to do? They're, you know, they're in a capsule with three guys for a few days. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and they're talking about the the type of food that they're eating, and they could they just open the window and. Uh, you know, use their Air own the bodies for fuel <laughs> that's right. to get them there. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I, it was kind of directed at one of the guys, though, right? Uh, I think it was basically general. Yeah, all right. But I could be wrong. <laughs> so it was directed by Richard Dale, and it starred Daniel Lapine, James Marsters, and Andrew Lincoln as Michael Collins, right. the one guy that went up but didn't get to go on the moon. It was very important for him to be up there. Well, someone had to stay in the, in the uh, Apollo 11 craft, right? In the, uh, the command module. Is that what it was called? Yeah. All right. So someone had to stay there. So there was the LAM, the landing yes. something, uh, and then the the command module. Right. Um, and it's an important job to stay up there. He yeah. should not feel upset at all that he didn't get to well, go I'm step sure on the Well, I'm sure he moon. doesn't. Well, he probably did for a while. No. No? No. You're part of a team when you do this. You do, That's true. You do not uh, get into being an astronaut if you're a... Uh, you know, you're, you're a star and you don't want to work with other people because you get drummed out pretty quick. You don't, you, Maverick ain't going to be no astronaut. No, yeah. no way. You, you are part of a team and it's, a, it, you know, the team is much more important than the individual ego. Yeah, I guess so. So the way this, this Moonshot show started is there was a voiceover that, no, it was title cards title on screen, cards, yeah. right? Where they said, this is the story of the Apollo 11 based on the real or the real events. Um, and we're trying, and... It said something about sort of filling in some of the holes of what they were doing that right. wasn't that wasn't recorded or broadcast or reported on, right? right. Um, there was some of that. There was a little bit with the wives and so on, and yep. and how they were reacting and how the families that were on the ground watching them, you know, and walk the on the jokes. moon and stuff like that, and making fart jokes and so on. No, that kind of stuff was never recorded, so yeah, so they, they probably made fart jokes, but you know, they're speculating on the fart jokes. <laughs> they had to add that in yeah. for sure. I thought it was okay, but not amazing. 
I yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, from a historical point of view, I thought it was uh, it was really interesting. It was. I assume it was quite accurate. Well, we, especially with the audio at the end, where they were actually doing the communications. Now, one thing I did find interesting was uh, they came on the radio at one point and asked, you know, for the location of a uh, a survey vessel of some kind. Oh, that's right. There was something unknown in the sky. Yeah, they saw something, and then the uh, so they speculated in the conversation they were having and why they would. Uh, radio back to Houston asking for the coordinates of this thing, right? So they're going like, okay, that seems a little close for that. You know, let's get the coordinates. No, it's not the coordinates. Do we report a UFO? It's like, no, we can't do that. We'd be the laughing stock of the universe. Yeah. Kind of thing. <laughs> so I thought that uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. Like, why would they ask that question that was part of the communication uh, without any information on the background? But I'm, but that really happened, obviously, the right? Communication the communication happened. Why they asked the question about where the location of whatever they were thinking of, uh, you know, that's not known. Mm-hmm. So the uh, the writers were speculating on why they would ask that question. Yeah, that's right. Well, is are you sure it's not known? I mean, maybe uh, maybe they've. I mean, they they legitimately thought it was that object, maybe. and so they needed to find out where it was. They said it's somewhere else. So what is that thing? Yeah. Well, so it's not known by me. At the very least. Right, that's right, that's right. So, I mean, this was produced in 2009, so presumably in the, you know, many years since they were actually up there in 1969, uh, that no more information on that sort of, that object or why they were wondering about it has has surfaced. That's kind of interesting. Or, you know, maybe it's come up in interviews and they've explained it away somehow. You know, we just, we saw something, we thought maybe it was that reflection of some kind. You know, it was the first time that we were ever this far away from Earth looking, you know, so close to the moon. And we're like, okay, something's going on over there. What the hell was that? It could just been a reflection of the sun off of a, you know, the regolith. Of Did that come up in the Tom Hanks movie that based was, on this? No, that was Apollo 13. No, that, that was, that that was, was Apollo after. 13, right. Different guys going to the moon. Yeah, and they never got there. Right, right. They went around and came back. Mixing up my Apollo missions. Yeah. They talked about uh, oh, the commander of Apollo 13, Tom Hanks' character, uh, the real person that he played was mentioned in mm-hmm. this in this thing. They were talking about uh, Lovell, Jim Lovell, that's yeah. his name, uh, talking about, you know, should we give it to Lovell? No, we'll give it to somebody else. We'll give it to Neil Armstrong mm-hmm. kind of thing. Cool. So Andrew Lincoln, uh, it was kind of a... Um, Subdued performance. I think they were, everything was a subdued performance. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I mean, it wasn't a lot of action or excitement, but he did a fine job. Yeah, from a historical point of view, I thought it was great. From a you know a drama point of view, it's kind of like. Uh, but it's not supposed to be dramatic, right? No. Well, it was at the time. It was the height of drama well, in 1969, for crying out loud. Of course. But uh, you know, the right stuff was a much better movie based on the same content. Oh, I love that movie. Yes. Um, Andrew Lincoln's accent as an American in this something we talked about on The Walking Dead, and a lot of people did a fair bit. That yep. is, you know, especially in the pilot on The Walking Dead, his accent was a little shaky at times. I yep. thought better in this movie if you ask I, me. I didn't notice it so i would say yes it was better yeah which is interesting because it comes before so maybe it's the southern accent that you know he's still getting used to it also maybe he's just lip-syncing some of the words right well i guess so yeah <laughs> some of the existing dialogue that he just has to reproduce so yeah. i don't know but it was good check it out it's moonshot from 2009 it's available on itunes 
finally, we watched Strike Back. Uh, we were going to watch all three or all six episodes of this yeah. on iTunes. It sold as three parts. Um, but since we added This Life and dropped a dead donkey, we uh, we only did the first one. Right. Which is kind of okay because it's very self-contained. It is. Even though that the second even though the second two parts or four parts depending on how you look at it do relate and form one long story, this one is definitely self-contained. It's directed by Daniel Percival, starring Richard Armitage, Jody May, and Andrew Lincoln as Hugh Collinson. A very similar name to Michael Collins in Moonshot. Yep. Strangely. So it's a six-part series, and it's an adaptation of SAS soldier Chris Ryan's novel, Strike Back. Right. So what happens in this first episode? The most interesting thing, I think, is that Andrew Lincoln, um, this is a spoiler. Spoiler alert. Plays a villain. Well, you Even don't know that. You don't know that until the end. Till the very end. Yes. That's the, uh, the snake in the mailbox. That's right. He is a villain. The basic plot is, though, some soldiers are in Iraq um, infiltrating a safe house, sort of doing a rescue mission to get somebody out. Yep. And they encounter um, some problems. They encounter a kid with a bomb strapped to his chest. They manage to, you know, diffuse that situation, for lack of a better term. But some of their guys are killed. Right. And the show details the aftermath of that, but also what is going on. Ten, roughly 10 years, nine yeah, years later. Yeah, a number of years later. Yeah. At the beginning, Andrew Lincoln is one of those soldiers, but, you know, decade later, he is a high-ranking military official with the British Secret Service. Right. Um, and his main buddy, who was one of the other soldiers, has gone a bit nuts, hasn't really gone done, has a lot of post-traumatic stress disorder, I think. Some events take place that means they can maybe find that kid again who they think killed their friends. Right. Who was, had the bomb strapped to him. Who had the bomb strapped to him. And uh, Andrew Lincoln's soldier pal comes back and goes on a mission of revenge. Yeah. <laughs> um, I kind of enjoyed watching it, but the whole thing was just ridiculous. Well, I don't know why it was ridiculous. Why was it ridiculous? Because a soldier who's been out of commission for 10 years and has you know, residual uh, psychological issues based right. on his service, doesn't just come back, walk in, say to his buddy, who's now a high-ranking official, let me go in, send me in, I'm going in all alone. Does that happen? What if the high-ranking official knows that he's the bad guy and this guy's been having problems and might cause him, uh, you know, professional and personal problems down the road and wants to go back to Iraq for a fool's errand suicide mission? I'd let him go. To, if I was the bad guy, I'd be like, yeah, go ahead. Get yourself killed because... What do you need? <laughs> yeah, I suppose, but it seems a little far-fetched for me. Um, if he's the bad guy, I think he made a bad guy decision there, and that's fine. That's true, and I guess we know that by the end. <clears throat> yeah, you have to look back. It's one of those things where everything changes right at the end, and you got to mentally review the entire thing in order to have it make sense. I suppose. What did you think of Andrew Lincoln in this authority position? I thought he did well. I think so. <clears throat> he, did, he, did, he did okay. I mean, he spent all his time after the initial raid, uh, he spent all his time in sort of the war room. Yeah, he at, was wearing a suit. He was wearing a suit. Yeah, exactly. And he was making high up decisions and standing there looking at, you know, radar boards and so on and stuff like that. Yep. But he did an okay job and he got to use his original accent. That's right. Uh, which of course he did too in uh, in this life, but it's nice to hear him speak speak British. No, that's 
English, <laughs> Some, the Queen's English. The Queen's English. There you go. Someone's gonna complain about that. <laughs> um, he did a he did a good job. Uh, although we spent a lot more time with um, the other soldier on his suicide mission. Right. Which, as it turns out, wasn't so much of a suicide mission. Oh, no, of course mission. not. <laughs> he, he made it back. Um, Where's the story if someone goes on a suicide mission and dies? And dies. Where's well, the drama? <clears throat> still a good story. Yeah. And he got to rescue the damsel in distress. Yes, he did, but not the grown-up version of the bomb kid. That's right. Just so well, everyone knows. he had knows. to die for bad guy reasons. Yeah, that's true. Although, is he really dead? Maybe he'll come back again. Oh, that's true. You know, that's very true. we got... Did we Four did, more hours. did they explain why Andrew Lincoln's character uh, went off and shot the other soldiers? No, we don't know that yet. Okay, because I was wondering about that afterwards. I'm like, did they explain that and I missed it? Yeah, what was the point of doing that? Yeah, you know, I I don't think I don't think they explained that. Well, if they did, I missed it too. Bad bad guy. He did it for a reason. Bad guy reasons. He was a bad guy back then. He's not just trying to cover up his whatever. He was, he, he, he's been a bad guy the whole time, and it wasn't accidental. It was they were very clear that he he didn't shoot them by accident, which as a soldier that's really really bad if you do that, <laughs> shoot somebody by accident. Well, friendly fire, friendly fire. I know, but not when you're standing in a hallway together. Well, you know, it happens. Okay, it's bad. It's not a good thing. It's definitely not a good thing. Yeah. Are you going to watch the rest of it to find out? You know, I might. I think I will. I think so. I watched it over two nights because it was almost two hours long. It was pretty long. Um, but there's a definite break in the middle because it was broadcast separately, I think. But anyways, I think he did a nice job, and hopefully he has a bigger part in the uh, in the second two. Bad guy parts. The bad guy part, yeah. It was fun to see him as a bad guy, even though we didn't know it. And yeah. I think it will be even more fun to see him, you know, knowing he's the bad guy now. Bad guy. So, there you go. So that is uh, Andrew Lincoln. This. What about Love Actually? Did, didn't we have Love Actually on the list? Okay, we had Love Actually. Give me your thoughts on Love Actually. Well, I watched Love Actually with my wife on Sunday. Because I, I, I was flipping through the end of the movies, and uh, I said, do you mind if we watch Love Actually? And she's like, do you ever have to ask? So we put it on. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's actually a good movie. It is a good movie. Now, I have to admit that I didn't get a chance to watch it for our spotlight because I was busy, you know, finding episodes of Drop the Dead Donkey and stuff like that. Right. Um, but I have seen it before, and I do remember him in it. He's the guy that's in love with the girl who's marrying his brother? Kira Knightley, his friend. His friend, okay. Yeah. Marrying Kira Knightley. Marries um, Kira Knightley. Okay. And he's, he's obsessed with her, and uh, basically he's in love with her, and but she doesn't know it. She thinks he doesn't uh, like her. Because he never really warmed up to her and was never really friendly with her. Right. Everybody's worried that he doesn't like his best friend's wife when, in fact, he's in love with her and uh, eventually tells her with cue cards. Oh, yeah. Remember that at Christmas? It's yeah. Christmas and the carolers, he's put the, said, tell, you know, say it's carolers and he presses play on the thing and he's pulling the cards saying, you know, it's Christmas and I have to be honest and, and I love you and all that kind of stuff. And then he walks away and then she chases after him and kisses him. Yeah, I kind of remember that. Yeah, <laughs> I should have watched it, but I just didn't it, have time. it was a good movie. I mean, uh, it was kind of it's kind of a, a hodgepodge of a bunch of different stories, uh, different aspects of love. They all right? kind of come together in the end, though. Well, right? they're all interrelated. Like uh, his best friend is, you know, related to the other characters, and uh, you know, somehow they're all all the characters are related. Six degrees of separation, kind of style. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, all the different aspects of love. Uh, so I thought it was a really good movie. It was very entertaining. And again, that's that's kind of a different type of character for him to play based on what 
we've watched here. So. Right. And that's the only place I ever knew him from prior to uh, The Walking Dead. Me too, actually. That's the only thing I'd seen him in. And I didn't even realize I'd seen him in it before right. he was cast in The Walking Dead. So, uh, But he's not the bad guy. Uh, it's, it's not... It's kind of a comedy, but not really. Um, oh, it's a, it's a romantic comedy. Romantic comedy, yeah, exactly. Uh, so you don't like Hugh Grant, though, right? I hate that guy. Yeah, he plays the prime minister. I do remember that, and you know what? I remember that being okay for Hugh Grant. He did it, you know. As far as he, it wasn't this wasn't a Hugh Grant vehicle. This was an ensemble cast, yeah. right? They had Liam Neeson. They had all kinds of people in this movie. Yeah. Uh, so it wasn't a Hugh Grant kind of thing. Maybe, he was just another character. Maybe that's the thing. I, I'm good with Hugh Grant as part of a film, but the ones he tries to carry, I just can't stand. Right. I don't I don't like that guy for some reason, so I don't know. It's his philandering that you don't like. You don't agree with his uh, picking up uh, prostitutes off the street policy. Uh, no, I'm okay with that. You know, <laughs> the man in his private life can do whatever he wants. I don't care. Right. I just don't like the characters he plays usually. Okay. But see, playing the prime minister, that's he's playing another famous person, which I think works. When he's just playing some doofus, like that's what I don't like. Because right. he's always the same. He's kind of the bumbling idiot a little bit, you know, not quite. Uh, he, well, yeah, he is the, the bumbling kind of uh, charming bumbler kind of thing. Um. He's the he's one of the focal points of those uh, other movies um, that our wives like. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Yeah, you do the um, Bridget Jones movies. Oh yeah, he's right. in those ones. At least the first one. Yeah. Right? So the other guy in the Bridget Jones uh, movies is also in this, and uh, that guy cannot do a decent on-screen <laughs> kiss to save his life. Okay. <laughs> I've heard that before. Oh, it's just it's just laughable. Every time he kisses someone on screen, it's just he looks so awkward. He cannot act a kiss. I have heard that before. I have never noticed it myself. I watch. It's funny. I don't think I'm going to. <laughs> well, watch anything he's in. Bridget Jones' Diary, the, the you know Love Actually, anything he's in where he has an on-screen kiss, it's just ridiculous. Okay. All right. Did your wife point that out? Or you notice yourself. She pointed it out to me a while ago, but okay. then while watching Love Actually, you know, he was kissing his love interest, and I'm like, yeah, that's just ridiculous. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, you uh, you think you could do any better on screen? <laughs> no, I don't <laughs> like being on camera. I didn't think so. Okay. So is that it for Love Actually? That's it for That's Love pretty, Actually. It's a pretty good movie. We we recommend seeing it. I it's mean, a Christmas movie too, and it's the middle of June, so that was a bit weird. But uh, you know, watch it at Christmas. You know, if if you if you're a dude and and you think you're not going to like this sort of thing, well, you might not. But it's it's one of the better, you know, movies of that genre. Yeah, and you know, I watched uh, Bridget Jones' Diary by myself and enjoyed it. You are so weird. I really am. I'm not like normal people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So now that is going to do it, I think, for our Andrew Lincoln Spotlight. If you have any comments or uh, anything you'd like to say about his past work. Questions, concerns. Yep, whatever. Rants. uh, About these titles or anything else he's done. If you have recommendations for us, by all means, send them in to TalkingDeadPodcast at gmail.com or phone us at 1-866-483-9662. Our next Walking Dead actor spotlight is going to be a good one, I think. Oh, I'm excited about this one. Uh, so in two weeks, Jason, tell the fine people who we are going to be spotlighting. Mr. Norman Reedus. Who stars as Daryl Dixon. Daryl Dixon. The crossbow-wielding 
Squirrel hauling Daryl Dixon. <laughs> mess of squirrel hauling. Mess of squirrel throwing. Throwing. Daryl exactly, Dixon. <laughs> exactly. Norman Reedus. So uh, all you folks on Twitter um, who are, are huge fans of, of Norman Reedus, please participate in this. Watch along, although I'm sure you've seen all these titles already if you're a big fan. But send in your thoughts. We are going to watch, and everyone can probably guess what's coming up, but we are going to watch The Boondock Saints. Yep. Have you seen that movie? I have not. Neither have I. Excellent. This is going to be good then. Both of both of us have never seen the film before that um, he's probably, before The Walking Dead, best known for. Uh, I would Not hesitate. me. Well, but, you know, if you know Norman Reedus, it's because of The Boondock Saints, That's I believe. That's not true. I know Norman Reedus, and I knew him because of Blade 2. Oh, really? Yeah. I had seen Blade... No, I've only seen Blade 3. I haven't seen Blade 1 or 2. Oh. Uh, okay, well... Well, but that's dumb. That was the worst one. I know that. I know that, but I don't know why. I just happen to see it for well, some Well, go watch Blade and Blade 2. I will. All right. We are going to watch neither of those for yes, the Norman Reedus uh, actor spotlight, but we are going to watch um, John Carpenter's Cigarette Burns from Masters of Horror. Uh, that will be cool, I hope. We're going to watch an episode of Law and Order he did. It's the season, season, uh, Law and Order SVU. Now, unlike the last time we tried to watch a Law and Order, we have confirmed that this one is available. It has been purchased from iTunes already. We own it. It is downloaded. We will be watching <coughs> it. It's the season seven, episode 22. It's the finale. It's called Influence. Yep. So if you want to watch that, you can. We will also be doing our best to watch a movie from two thousand uh, from nineteen ninety eight called Dark Harbor mm. that stars stores that stars Norman Reedus. Um, that one we may not be able to get our hands on, but uh, if we can, we'll definitely be watching it. If you have a copy, by all means, give it a watch and send us in your thoughts. Absolutely, even if we don't get to, it'd be great to hear hear what he's done. Um, we were hoping to go right back to his first IMDb credit with um, Mimic, but um, we're not entirely sure how much of that he's in, so we thought we'd leave it off. But those are the four titles, Boondock, State, Boondock Saints, Masters of Horror, um, Law and Order, Influence, and Dark Harbor. So there you go. Excellent. That's in two weeks. Um, we're going to let the folks on Twitter know as much as we can that this is going on. Because sure. I think it'll be fun. Sure, sure. And that is going to do it for this episode of The Talking Dead, number 47. We are rapidly approaching 50. We will be doing our 50th episode sometime this summer, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> Three episodes away. Three so. episodes away. So, so I sure hope so. Six weeks if, we're, uh, if we stay on track. Consistent. Yep. Um, so that's exciting. Can't believe we're about to hit 50. But in the meantime, if you want to contact us, please do so. At the Zomb line, that is 1-866-483-ZOMB or 9662. It's a toll-free call. You can call as many times as you want, leave messages, multiple takes of messages if you want, whatever you have to yeah, say. Yeah, do multiple takes. You know, call and leave six messages and we'll play the best one. There you go. Um, and you can comment on anything you hear on the show, our our news, news items, the actor spotlights, or whatever you want. You can follow us on Twitter at Talking Dead facebook.com slash the talking dead or good old reliable email talking dead podcast at gmail.com excellent those are all the ways to contact us so check out some norman Reedus uh, films in the next two weeks and we will be uh, back on the air then with episode number 48 bye